Go ahead and have a seat if you would. Kids are dismissed to go to Children's Church. If you're a guest, uh, thanks for coming this morning. Um, We're glad that you're here. And uh, you're here on a really cool morning because we're going to, as Dave has mentioned, we're going to dedicate a couple of babies uh, this morning. And it's, if you've ever been a part of a church that does baby dedications, um, I think this morning will look a little bit different for us than it, it typically does for a lot of churches because the whole service is kind of geared around that. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a big deal to us. But before we get into the message, I want to pray for our kids that, that just left. God, I, uh, I come before you with this morning, Father. I pray that you would uh, center the hearts and minds around the little ones who just left, uh, around your gospel, Father, and teach them about who you are and about your truth and how much you love them and how much you have overcome to bring them into relationship with you, Father. I pray that you would begin to open their hearts to your truth, Father, in such a way that they would believe that you've sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for their sin to bring them into redeemed relationship with you. God, I pray that you would open their little minds and their little hearts to the truth of Scripture and the truth of your Son, Jesus. God, and for us, I pray that we would see faith in children and we would see your love in fathers and mothers this morning, God. And and the result would be that we love you deeper for having engaged you and engaged your word this morning. Thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. So we have, we're going to be in Deuteronomy this morning, and, uh, which is kind of rare. I don't know that I've ever preached out of the book of Deuteronomy. Um, but if you have your Bible, you can turn it to Deuteronomy chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible, slide your hand up and somebody will, will bring you a Bible. And we'd like to, to let you take that with you. I'll be reading out of the ESV this morning. And if you don't have an ESV copy of a Bible or you don't have a Bible in general, we would love to, to let you take one of those home. we got a lot of them. Uh, so Deuteronomy chapter 4. I want to do a little bit of work before we get into the Scripture about what Deuteronomy is about. But before we get there, I want to kind of reiterate that, that the vision of North Church is to uh, invest the gospel in every life that's here. And when I say invest, I mean we want to plant it deep in the heart of everyone. And we want to come alongside of parents. We want to come alongside of husbands and, and, and wives and mothers and fathers and serve to plant the gospel in all of us. And particularly this morning, we'll talk about planting the gospel in our children. But community and family are vital to us. So the service is not an afterthought. It is the thought for us this morning. Um, that said, let's, let's dig into the scriptures. I want to show you something. Uh, This comes from the ESV Study Bible. Uh, Throw that quote up there about the book of of Deuteronomy. Um, Fire it up there, Kyle. Uh, There we go. Deuteronomy is largely a sermon or a set of sermons preached by Moses to all of Israel shortly before his death and not long before the conquest of the land under the leadership of Joshua. A little bit of history lesson. You might know God told the Israelite people that you're going to possess the promised land, and then they got scared, 
and didn't do it, and so they wandered for 40 years, and then Joshua wound up leading the people into the promised land. So Deuteronomy is kind of the farewell writing or teaching of Moses to the Israelite people, which makes me want to really pay attention, right? Moses, probably one of, we could make an argument that he's maybe the most important biblical character in in Scripture, aside from Christ. At least you'll give me the top three. And, And Deuteronomy is his farewell address to the Israelite people, to God's people. So what appears in Deuteronomy, and this is something that we're going to talk about in 2015. Dave and I are kind of planning the preaching schedule. A lot of times, Old Testament books, in particular ones like Deuteronomy, scare us. And so we don't study them. And so we wind up with this huge chunk of God's word that we never really engage. And Deuteronomy is one of those books. And, it's, and I'm here to underscore that it's, it's, it's really important because it's this really important guy, Moses, his final words to the people of Israel, to God's people. Um, let's continue on here. It's a, about what the sermon or set of sermons is. It's a motivational sermon urging Israel's faithful obedience to the covenant laws of Sinai 40 years previously. So he had the Ten Commandments had happened 40 years before Deuteronomy was written and 40 years before Moses kind of leaves the earth, right? And so it's a motivational set of sermons for God's people to pay attention to what God has for them. Because, and I love the, the song choices that, that, that Jeff made for us before this morning and, and the, the ideas that Dave kind of put with us as we began. Because the freedom that we have in following, many times we think following laws, following rules take away freedom. But God turns that upside down and following the laws that God has given for us brings freedom to us. Because it brings relationship to us. It brings the intended purpose for which we were created comes to us by paying attention to God's law. So that's kind of the, the background of the book of Deuteronomy. And I've kind of titled the sermon this morning, Engage the Gospel with Diligence. Um, so Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, that's maybe one reason why we don't study. We can't pronounce it. Uh, like... Almost every kid I've ever known, at least one point, Deuteronomy. Yeah? You with me? Don't act like you haven't said Deuteronomy before. Deuteronomy, verse, chapter 4, verse 9, is where we're going to start this morning. And this is a, a familiar verse for us. Uh, it says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently and... I want to I stress this word diligently for us. Diligently is going to appear in, we're going to look in, in Deuteronomy 6 in just a second. But Deuteronomy 4 uses the word diligently. And so we're talking about parenting, big picture. We're talking about investing the gospel in a child. But I want to see, it. just because you don't have a kid doesn't mean this, this message is not for you. We, this is calling us to plant the gospel and do so diligently in our minds. Let's have a little interaction here. A lot of times pastors ask questions rhetorically. This question I'm about to ask is not rhetorical, so feel free to respond. When you think of the word diligent or diligently, what, what thoughts come to your mind? Again, not rhetorical. Consistently? Consistently? Good. Carefully? All right. Anybody else? 
Intensely? Yes. That's, there's a big part of intensity in being diligent. In, in my mind, it's a, like always in the front. If you're diligent about something, it's always in the front of your mind. It's always in the front of your mind. And here, we're being told in intensity, consistency, always all these things in the front of our mind come with this gospel, teaching this gospel to our hearts, always in the front of our mind, always with consistency, always intensely. This is the call of, remember, the history lesson that we taught was not just to, it, it had a purpose. Moses is talking to his people, this is really important for you to do this consistently, intensely, always in the front of your mind. It's important. Moses is underscoring it with his word, use of the word diligent. Back to the beginning of verse 9. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all of the days of your life. So pay attention to what God has done and do so with diligence. And look, see what God has done. It does you good to write down stuff that you saw God do because you're dumb and you will forget what you saw God do. I'm sorry, did I offend you? When I say that, there's several visitors with us this morning. When I say that, I want you to know that I'm, I'm thoroughly including myself. I'm the dumbest guy in the room just so you're not offended. Um, so be diligent and pay attention and open your eyes. And then here kind of comes full circle to kind of the point of why we're here this morning. Make them known to your children and your children's children. So the idea is to see the gospel, then show the gospel with diligence. This is a command for us as parents and as church members and as Christians to see the gospel with diligence. Does that sound like, like dumb to think that, that you need to be told that? That it's important for us to see gospel stuff happening in our world and to us and remark on it mentally? That seems like basic, right? It seems completely basic. But Moses is commanding his people, and again, they've wandered for years in the, and, and seen so much hardship as a result of their disobedience, and all these things come together, and now Moses, before he leaves, is telling them, wake up to the gospel around you. And wake up to the gospel around you and then show it to your kids. And show it to your kids' kids. It's just important. See the gospel. Write the gospel. Talk about the gospel. Live in community with the gospel. Teach your kids. Teach your friends' kids. Teach your friends' kids' kids about the gospel. So what, what is this Gospel. I want to go back and do a little bit of work on the first three chapters of Deuteronomy. So if you want to, if you have your Bible, uh, we're not, it's not going to be on the screen. We're not going to read all the verses. We're just going to kind of breeze through this from a, a big picture perspective. Deuteronomy 1 through 3. What's happened 
to these people. If you want to kind of, as I'm talking, kind of browse through, read through, look at some of the headings, maybe, maybe check out the first couple of verses of, of some of the headings as, as we're talking here. But first, foremost, the first three chapters of Deuteronomy are outlining what happened to God's people when they refused to enter the land. God told them, this is your land, go and take it. And then they got scared and were disobedient and didn't. So, due to Israel's lack of faith, due to their need for control, uh, I, I, some of you guys who follow me on Twitter might have seen this this week. I, I tweeted uh, something. That there's a, a guy that's like a prophet that goes to Florissant Presbyterian, and maybe once a month he comes back here, and he and I talk for like 30 minutes or so, and I, I've, I've talked to you guys about this before. If you ever see me and him engaged in a conversation, chances are I'm not paying attention to what you're saying to me because I'm, I'm listening to this guy because he's just brilliant. And this is what he said to me. He said, the true opposite of faith is control. The true opposite of faith is control. And take that notion to what the Israelites do here. God speaks to them as he's spoken to them countless times through the voice of Moses and he commands them go and take this land and they go and realize wow we're not good enough to do this we don't have control over this situation so we're going to ignore God and listen to our fears listen to what we know about ourselves instead of listening to what we know about our God did you hear that that's like life and that's parenting. What we listen to what we know about ourselves more easily, more readily, more abundantly than we listen to what we know about God. As a result, we lack faith because we want to have our own control over the situation. And what happened to the Israelites is we, they don't receive the best that God has for them. Does anybody want to sign up for that? Nobody? What else? There's, looking through the first three chapters of Deuteronomy, there's rebellion in their history and the consequences of it. They rebel against God. And we're not just talking about what happens in the 40 years wandering in the, in the wilderness. We're, we're talking about everything that happens. These people have been taught the gospel, taught about the things that God did for them throughout the course of their generations. They spend years in the wilderness. And then also, in Deuteronomy 1 through 3, there's talk about wars and struggles against other nations that come as a result of them listening to themselves in their situations instead of listening to God. So, what do we learn about the gospel in Deuteronomy 1 through 4? So, 1 through 3, it's all about their disobedience and the bad stuff that happens to them because they lack faith. Then Deuteronomy 4, Moses encourages them that this is your land, you're going to take it. Be diligent in understanding and teaching and showing yourself the gospel and be diligent in showing your children the gospel. What do we learn about the gospel in Deuteronomy 4? First, we learn that God loves you. Like, I wish we could have one of our children come up here and teach this part of the message. God loves you. What songs do you teach your children? One of the the first songs that you teach your children is, Jesus loves me, this I know. And it's so simple. But what we learn from the gospel, 
from Genesis to Revelation is that God loves you. Don't dismiss it because it's elementary or it's simple. God loves you. What else do we see in Deuteronomy 1 through 4? God provides for you. Do you, do you, do you really know that? What, what gives you stress right now? What is the thing you've worried the most about this week? Think about it. That one was rhetorical, by the way. Think about whatever it was that, gives you, that brought you the most stress this week. And now let me say this to you. God provides for you. This is the gospel that we need to see. Look back at the history of your life and see how God has provided for you. Moses isn't just writing a book. He's speaking the word of God to the life of the Israelites and by extension, us. He says, be diligent in paying attention to the gospel around you because you will forget that God loves you. You will forget that God provides for you. And the last one, God forgives you. All elementary things. God loves you, God provides for you, and God forgives you. But the first four chapters of Deuteronomy are just writing that in large letters so that you will pay attention. And here's the cool thing about that. Look at, look at those three things. God loves you. God provides for you. God forgives you. That is the picture of Jesus. And that's what I want us to see as we, like, this is a, a, a big picture message about the gospel in the context of a baby dedication. But it applies everywhere. So I want you to, to see this as you parent kids. I want you to see this as you watch your friends parent kids. I want you to see this as you think about maybe one day you'll be a parent. As you think about being a child of another parent. Think about all of these things that the gospel is on display everywhere. We need to see it and then we need to show it. Next Deuteronomy 6. Flip over there a couple of chapters. First, Deuteronomy 4, we need to see it and show it to our kids. And then there's a, a, a slight difference here where it's telling us, be taught and teach the gospel with diligence. Deuteronomy 6, and we're starting in verse 5. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your might. You guys have all heard that verse before, right? This is where it is appearing from Moses. Verse 6. Actually, let, let's, let's start back. Let's spend a little bit of time in verse 5 here. Love the Lord your God with all your, with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. This is an impossibility for us. To 100% of the time, be giving 100% of all that we are to loving God. You fail. You will fail. And this is the gospel. Because despite our failure, God does not remove his love from us. Because he loves you, he provides for you, and he forgives you. If you walk out of here with nothing, walk out of here with God loves you, 
God provides for you, and God forgives you. Jesus. And here, in the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, is inherent failure on your part. But it doesn't change who God is. Again, look back. You fail. He doesn't. Trust him. Please. Trust him. Verse 6 of Deuteronomy 6. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. Love the Lord your God. Put those words on your heart. Here we go. Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently. There's our word diligently again. To your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You shall, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I say this, I feel, find myself saying this all the time. Most of everybody in this room has a cell phone that has alarms on it. Right? Do you guys all have that? You know, you can label an alarm. You can write, make it say whatever we want it to say. So at 2 o'clock on Tuesday afternoons, you can have an alarm that says, God loves you, God provides for you, God forgives you. This is ex- that idea is exactly what they're talking about. Put it on the front list. Put it between your eyes. Put it on your dope doorpost. Put it in places where you will see it all the time, over and over and over again. And teach it to your children. Teach it to yourself first, and then teach it to your children second. This, this is something that I found this week. This word teach is a Hebrew word that means to teach incisively in such a way as to pierce. Right? We have teachers in a room. Several of you are teachers. The Hebrew word for teach is to teach in such a way as to be incisive. The, the word picture here is to literally tear the flesh and plant something under the flesh and seal it. This is what it means to, this is what Moses is communicating when he tells us to teach our children. To literally tear the flesh, plant the gospel, and seal it. That's, that's beautiful. And it's instructive for us. We, as we teach, we cut, maybe even cause pain. And we plant deep, deep within the person, the soul of self first, children second. Teach, be taught, and teach diligently. And again, go back to the gospel in Deuteronomy 1 through 4. God loves you, dot, 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 Jesus. God provides for you. How did he most provide for you? Jesus. God forgives you. How did he most eloquently show you that he forgives you? The cross. Jesus. This is what it's about to 
in, in just a second, we're going to make proclamations before each other. We're going to covenant together to teach these things to our children and teach these things to ourselves, to pay attention diligently with intensity, with consistency, all of these things forefront of our minds to speak truth, to speak this gospel into the lives of our children. But it starts in your own heart to see these things. It's so very simple, but it's so very beautiful. Let's pray and transition into the the dedication portion of our, our service this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you that you love us. God, I pray for moments of, of worry or fear or stress, especially for the Samples and the Gwens as they raise these two beautiful lives. I pray in those moments of, of worry for their, their salvation, of, of worry for their upbringing and, and, and hardship. I pray that you would speak over these parents those three simple things. That you love us, you provide for us, and you forgive us. And that idea of the gospel would influence and even predict the way that we engage with our children and the way that we engage with each other. Your gospel is so beautiful. And your son and his life and his death and his finished work are so beautiful. God, allow us to see it and to show it, allow us to be taught it and to teach it. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Well, uh, at this time, we're going to enter into the dedication of Claire, Irene Sample, and Thaddeus James Gwynn. Um, and, but before I, before I call them up, um, as we um, as we make covenant, obviously this is a this is a huge deal. Um, we wouldn't go to all the effort to uh, make a significant magnet for you to put on your fridge if this was kind of flippant. Like this is pretty important that we as a community of believers would covenant together um, to walk beside these parents, walk beside these kids and these families to see that the gospel be planted in in their hearts. Um, and and maybe. Uh, I just feel the need to say this. Maybe you're sitting here and, um, like, the Gwens are going to get up here and the Samples are going to get up here and they're going to dedicate their kids to the Lord. Many of you, as I look around, many of you, you've done this. Maybe years ago, you've raised kids. You've dedicated them, Lord, years ago. And now, you're sitting in this place and you know what? That's still in play. Okay, and so as we walk now through this dedication, what I would challenge you to think about is that whether you're in the hopes of having a kid and, and you're just kind of, uh, I don't know when this is going to happen or if this is going to happen or whether you've raised children or in the process of raising children um, and you've given them to the Lord. That's still an ongoing process. 
This isn't a day that at the end of the day, like, they're good. Good to go. No, this is an everyday reality that we would set aside time to realize, okay, these kids are his. And no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on with your kids, no matter where they're at, whether they're in your lap or in the other room or across the world or walking with Jesus or not walking with Jesus, listen, you, you still have a responsibility to say, God, they're yours. They're yours. And we get to see that model today. Um, I want to invite the Samples and the Gwyns to come up right now. And uh, I want to read a, a passage um, from, from Psalm 127. Just kind of reiterate some of the things that uh, Rick was saying, but just biblically what we think about when we think about children. Psalm 127 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, The watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. How often do we hear just in our world that children are this burden? That they're a problem, they're a pain, they're in the way. Scripture says the opposite that they are a gift from God. They're a gift from the Lord. Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, and the children of one's youth, blesses the man who fills his quiver with them. For he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Um, so you guys are up here to say we long that we would raise our kids in the fear of the Lord, that they would be gods at whatever he wants to do with them. Um, he could do it. That's a, that's a, hard, it's a hard thing to just let go of them. It's essentially what you're doing um, here as we, as we dedicate and we covenant. Um, and now I wanna, we're going to walk through a covenant. And here's the thing about covenant. Some of the words that you guys are going to say, and in a second we're going to say, like we could stop and be like, uh, like we're probably going to break that. Like we're about to say that we covenant together to live gospel-transformed lives before our kids. Okay, pretty sure I had to repent before my kids the other day for not living gospel-transformed lives. So here's the reality of covenant. When we talk about a covenant together, we're, we're co- the covenant is based in who God is, which you just heard is God loves, God provides, and God forgives. Three things that you'll never stop teaching your kids in your own heart, that we'll never stop teaching ourselves, is that in the gospel, God loves, God provides, and God forgives. And so when we make covenant, it's hardly this promise that we will do the best that we can to not, right? No, it's we're going to throw ourselves at the mercy of God and by his grace. You guys are going to be the parents that God's called you to be. And where you're not, you're going to run to him. 
and he's going to love you, he's going to provide for you, and he's going to forgive you. That's the beauty of it. And so uh, um, I believe we have that covenant we can put on the screen. Um, David and Jessica and Dana Mowry, do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and affirm the promises of God made to you and your children in his word? If so, say we do. Will you promise to live gospel-transformed lives before your children? Will you promise to discipline them and show them grace? Will you promise to instruct them by word and by example in the truth of God's word and the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? And will you promise to pray for them and teach them to pray? If so, would you say we will by God's grace? And now um, we're going we're gonna to enter into covenant with, with these guys. This isn't just, a, hey, we're going to stand back and see how you do this. Like, good luck with that, right? Like, you just said you're going to live gospel-transformed lives. Like, oh, yeah, right. Like, you're going gonna... to, no. Okay, we're going to join with them. Okay, God's called this community of faith, this community of believers to gather together, to run together, to walk together, to live together in such a way that it's not just on you to raise your kids. Like, we want to walk with you. We want to help you. Because we know it's challenging. Right? Parents, it's challenging to be the people that God's called you to be to your kids. Um, But there's no greater calling and so, um, if, if you're here today and you want to enter into covenant with Dana Mowry and uh, Jessica and David, would, uh, would, you, uh, would you stand? And I'm going to read several statements and then have you respond here in a little bit. North Church and family and even friends that are here. Will you covenant in the presence of God and one another to live gospel-transformed lives before these children? To pray that they will in turn be transformed by the gospel. Will you covenant in the presence of God and one another to love and pray for them? To encourage them? To help to nurture them in the faith? Will you covenant to assist these parents in fulfilling their biblical responsibilities to hold them accountable by confronting sin, to praying for them, they would have wisdom, and spurring them on toward love and good deeds. If you're willing to commit that to them, would you uh, read the statement on the screen together? With joy and thanksgiving, as Christ's church, with God's help, we promise to love, encourage, and support you as you follow Christ and parent your kids. Um, you can be seated. Um, we're going to uh, enter into a time of prayer. Um, and uh, I'm going to pray over the families. But I encourage you at this time as well to just maybe extend a hand or just uh, join in your heart to praying for them. So you guys want to kind of squeeze in here. Let's pray for these guys. Father God, I thank you for 
these families that are represented here. I thank you for the gift of of children and the joy they bring to life. The means by which you grow us and sanctify us through them. And God, uh, I pray for Dane and Mallory as they raise Claire and Reed to know you and love you. Would you give them strength? Would you give them wisdom? Would you encourage them? Would you enable us to support them? Father, I pray for Claire that you would raise her up to be a woman of grace who is confident in the affection of her Savior for her, the love of her mom and dad and brother for her. I pray that you would Take her life and use it for your name and for your glory. And I pray for David and Jessica as they raise Thad um, and Eli. God, that you would give them strength and wisdom to teach these boys what it looks like to be men of God. um, What it looks like to be gentle and surrender their hearts to the God of heaven. I pray for Thad that you would write the gospel on his heart, that through his mom and dad you would teach him your unfailing love. Um, God, we surrender to you. And as a community of faith here at North Church, we commit to walking beside these families for their joy and for your glory. And uh, God, would you have your way. We surrender to you in Christ's name. Amen.